You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. This is a Herd at Sports podcast. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. This is episode 299, gentlemen. Transfer portal needs. We're going to be talking about the transfer portal, which just opened up this week on Monday. We'll get into some roster updates, uh, transfer portal needs. It's it's going to be a fun episode, guys. Season is over, so we've already started our off-season topics a little bit here now. So let's get into it. I'm going to kick this off with uh, the roster updates as far as players that have uh, eligibility, uh, expired eligibility. And uh, we have running at running back Anthony Grant. He's out of eligibility. Uh, two wide receivers, Billy Kemp and Josh Fleeks. Marcus Washington could be one of those guys. He's seeking his seventh year of eligibility. Who knows if we'll, he'll get that. On offensive line, Noelle is gone. Linebacker Luke Reimer, he's going to be missed. Defensive backs, three dudes. Omar Brown, Quentin Newsom, and my guy Phelan Sanford. And can I take a, can I pause a minute here just to uh, praise how great Phelan Sanford was this year? You guys kind of gave me shit earlier on the, in the year for liking Phelan Sanford this much, and he became a starter. Tyler, eat some words here a little bit. I I was always on Sanford. I, I don't know where. Play the tape. This is Play coming the tape. from the hate. You just built him out to be a little bit more than he was. But great great Start guy, Greg. Miss him. Chime in. Well, injuries kind of helped a little bit with his starting, but he, right. he did great. Also gone on special teams, kicker Timmy Bleak Road, who should have had uh, more chances this year. And here's a guy, long snapper, Marco Ortiz. You know how you know he did a great job? You never heard his name all year. So, uh not once. So Not once. He did quite outstanding. Derek, uh, take us through some players that are uh, either in the portal now or have retired. All right. So the portal, we've had two official entries and one that's been reported, but it's not official just yet. We have uh, Jake Applegate. Uh, was a tight end, moved to defensive line. He's entered the transfer portal. He's no longer on the team. Javier Morton, who transferred in, or I believe, I'm sorry, he was a Juco player, uh, came in, really never played much. He transferred. Uh, and then Jeff Sims, I think everybody expected him to be in the portal. He's been reported that he's expected to enter the portal, but I have not seen that he has officially entered the portal yet. Uh, and then retired, we got Blaze Gunnerson, who surprised me a little bit. I he had two years of eligibility left. Kind of thought he'd stick around, and I figured I figured even if he didn't leave or if he didn't play, he would have at least left, not retire. Uh, Nick Henrich, who's battled injuries the last few years, he decided to retire and get hang up the old cleats. And Ty Hahn was another guy that decided. To yeah, retire. Ty Hahn at, at wide receiver, he played quite a bit this year too. And, and we're going to talk about the wide receiver room a little bit later, I'm sure. But I think there might have been a, a role for him 
down the road. So, but I guess, you know, good for him. If he's ready to get on with his life, he's been in college for a while. So, uh, interesting. Tyler, uh, signing day is approaching quickly. So talk about some of the current commits that we can expect. Yeah, I, I, I'm not intending to go name by name and give a breakdown of this whole class. I know we'll do that a lot more in the new year uh, after signing day. But I, I do want to highlight this class is currently led up by Carter Nelson at tight end from Nebraska. And the big name that we haven't had a chance to react, react to from Iowa, the number one recruit in the state, yeah. Grant Bricks at offensive tackle. Huge get there. But overall, when you look at this class, we currently have 26 commits. And that breaks down with one quarterback, three wide receivers, three tight ends, one tackle, four interior offensive linemen, one defensive lineman, two edge rushers that could either go to that jack position or maybe translate to defensive line, one linebacker, two corners, three safeties, a punter, and four athletes. And when you look at those athletes, most likely you'd probably expect them to be defensive linemen, a corner, and two more wide receivers. So if you're doing the count, that could be five new wide receivers entering this room. Obviously, when you're talking athletes, it's up in the air. We don't know where they're going to play. Nothing's official. And hell, nothing's really official with any of these guys. They can always change positions. But that's how it stacks up right now. Hey, can I just say, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but uh, it this class kind of blows me away because that – Outside of four or five names, there's not a lot of names that really blow you out of the water. And so for us to be taking this big of a class when we're so far over a roster, it seems very surprisingly yeah, so odd. We're, yeah, I, I, I was just going to say that you know we're about 11 to 15 scholarships over the limit right now. Uh, Twenty Class of 26. Tyler, what does this class rank? So rank in the National and Big Ten. Do you have that info on you? Uh, I don't. I did not write down where that ranks right now in the twenty four seven has us at twenty second in the country, and I I'm not sure we're in a big ten. I, th- I think like sixth in the Big Ten, but they're counting yeah. USC, Oregon, Washington, and UCLA in there yeah. as, well, as well. Yeah, I I don't want to make this episode an indictment or a praise of the recruiting class i i don't i i need more research to get into all that and i think we all probably need a little bit more time to react what i will comment on is what i think derek was hitting at is the the sure quantity is what's shocking right now yeah i uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to down any of these guys i just to have 26 commits in this class when you're already over as far as you are on scholarship and you're not getting a lot of guys to, to jump ship in the portal as of right now no, and, and I think Matt Rule had kind of mentioned, I think at this juncture, you know, it's possible we, there's another guy in the reins, there's, it's possible it's out there. But I also think there's a, probably a handful of these guys that if they want to go look somewhere else, I, I don't know if the coaching staff is going to fight too hard to keep them. I, I think he was like, you know, we're kind of at this point. If someone starts looking, uh, they're going to let them look. And so... There's there are a handful of names and you can kind of tell those names because right now, when the coaches are out there uh, hitting the transfer portal trying to pick up some guys, that there's only a handful of guys these coaches are going to visit right now to I think seal their commitment, and I think that's kind of a telling sign of like, yeah, we're gonna honor these scholarships right now, but uh, 
it might get to a point where there's a, maybe a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge that there's no longer a scholarship for you here. So I don't know. That'll be an interesting thing to play out. That's why I don't want to get too much into who all these guys are because they may not be here. In so two as, weeks. as we've alluded, we need to have attrition in this class. Uh, we can only have 85 scholarships, but uh, we're way over. Derek, if there was one position group that you would not to see any attrition through whatever means, what position group would that be? It has to be running back. We're already fairly thin at running back. We only have uh, four scholarship running backs coming back next year, and two of them are, in, are fairly injury prone and Gabe Irvin, and you have to even kind of wonder if Gabe Irvin's going to come back next year after two ACL tears and a dislocated hip. Uh, his injuries, I mean, I, I don't want to lose the guy, but if, if there's a guy you're going to lose, you kind of wonder about him. And then you got Ramirez Johnson, who's been kind of your third down back and a little bit injury prone himself, leaving you with Emmett Johnson and Quentin Knives. We don't know shit about Quentin Knives. And Emmett Johnson, we like, but I don't know if you're going to give that guy 25 Not at his size. He's going to have to put on a little bit of weight, right? Yeah. I mean, so you, you really can't afford to lose any of these running backs. Plus, we have none coming in in this class. And by the sounds of it, they're not really going into portal looking for a running back. So we need these guys to not only come back, but yeah. stay healthy. So, I mean, again, you know, we've lost Anthony Grant. Who uh, who played a lot of running back last year, and we lost Fleeks, who played, who was forced to play filled in back. for running so, back. Lost two of those guys. So, Der- or Tyler, is there another position group that you do not want to see any attrition? Yeah, I mean, I think Derek hit a probably the number one. Um, I would I would probably say offensive line is my number two. Um, yeah, there might be a guy there that's not going to be a panic. I think there's a lot of these guys that are either in that category of being young or being contributors. And when I was thinking about this, I really, two names that kind of stood out that could be on the attrition list are Bryce Benhart and Ben Scott. I think those are two guys that right now they're on that, like, are they coming back? Are they not? And, you know, you start talking about position groups, like, and again, there's, there, I, when I said the attrition, there's probably a guy in there you probably lose. But overall numbers, I think, looks okay for how much depth you want right now. But if one of those two guys jump ship and decide to go NFL, th- th- this offensive line is it, it looks weak because there's not a lot of depth at those positions in particular. Um, so yeah, I, I think offensive line, namely the two guys that are kind of on the fringe if they're coming back or not, or where you don't want to see it. And I and I will say this, uh, Matt Rule did allude to the fact that it sounds like Ben Scott is going to come back. Yep. Now, we'll, I know we'll that's not. I know that's not final. I know that's not final. And then Bryce Benhart did not walk on Senior Day, which is making a lot of people believe he's coming back as well. So the position group that I think that we cannot afford any attrition is the wide receiver room right now. Uh, it's a very young room. Uh, losing Billy Kemp, Josh Fleeks, Xavier Betts. You know, we lost him before the season last year. We don't know if Marcus Washington, who is seeking a seventh year of eligibility, if that's going to be granted. And if it's not granted, I mean, is, I mean, I think we need somebody else than that. So that brings back IGC, 
who's been injured the last two years. No, just one. Oh, he quit. He, yeah, yeah, you're right. He quit the yeah. team the year His before. His feelings got hurt the first year, and so he quit. Well, I think I think there were quite, quite a couple, two or three guys that just really weren't button heads Mickey a little Joseph. bit with uh, yeah. old Mickey Joseph. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's today's world, so, I guess. But as far as injuries go, last year was his first so, injury that I know of. Uh, that's that's just going to lead to a lot of young, young wide receivers and guys like you know Jalen Lloyd. He had a pretty good year last year with only six catches. Jaden Doss he got some playing time, and Malachi Coleman uh, have some playing time. But it is a very inexperienced group. So uh, what? I, and I agree with you. And I, here's what here I'm going to take it on a different a, a different reason as to why I don't think I, I would hate to see a Tristan in the wide receiver room. We've been in this vicious cycle for so long now. It feels like where we go and get a couple uh, portal receivers, and then we lose young guys because they transfer. At some point, we just need to let these young guys develop and, and stay in the program rather than go, relying strictly on the portal to go get wide receivers. It would be so – because I love the potential of Malachi Coleman and Jalen Lloyd. Jaden Doss, I, I mean, there's a good potential there. We didn't even right. see a ton out of him this year. But those other two, we've seen a lot out of him. And, and if you can't get excited about Jalen Lloyd with some of his big playability, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. And if we can get a quarterback in here to actually get these guys the ball a little bit better – you know, you get them another year in the system, get them to learn these routes a little bit better. That, that room could be in pretty decent uh, position, but they just need experience. They need. But game you're experience. right. It's, it's it's they need experience, and the only way they're going to get that game experience is to play yeah. the games. So I, yeah, but I, I I get tired of just keep losing all these freshman wide receivers, right? Which which seems to have happened like what the last seven eight years? It's been happening so, since Riley, at least. I mean, so Matt Rule has talked about headed in, or this year like not taking a lot of portal guys. He doesn't want to do a lot of portal guys. The number is about three to five, is what we could expect coming in, right? So, Derek is uh, is Matt Rule taking the best approach by not taking a lot of players out of the portal? Uh, this is a tough question, guys, because when you're looking at the championship teams, you're looking at the Alabamas, and you're looking at the Michigans and the, the – I hate to say Washington because they kind of had Michael Penix, I guess. But the, the championship teams, the guys in this playoff, they're not taking a ton of, of transfers. So, they're, I mean, they're building programs, and they're and they're making them – elite programs. So I I see what Rule is trying to do. He's kind of trying to go by that mold. Uh, but when you're looking at the mid-tier teams, probably a little close to where Nebraska's at, they're all playing that portal, trying to make themselves better, faster. Because the more games you can win, I think the better your recruiting can get. I mean, I, I mean that's pretty, probably sounds pretty stupid to say, but I mean, it's true. Like you start winning games, the recruits will come. And so I think I think right now in your earlier tenure I think you got to play this portal game. Plus plus it's part of college football now. Like it's the new college football. 
it's the new normal. Without with it, with the exception of that some was of very those kind of teams. you calling Nebraska and even what team very kind. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, I mean, even some of the, even some of your uh, high, like Ohio State. Ohio State's got a ton of transfers, and they're going after some transfers already. So I mean, even and I would still consider them one of the upper tier teams. I mean, they were eleven one this year. Uh, so, so even some of the upper tier teams are, are definitely still playing a portal game. I get, that's part of college football now, and we we can sit here and complain about it and bitch about it. We don't have to like it, but it is part of the game. And I, I, I like Rule, but I think he's got to learn to play the game a little bit. Tyler, do you have thoughts? Yeah, Derek. Yeah, I mean, I I think what you your premise was right. You know, I think you look around college football landscape, top tier teams are doing that by building the roster from the high school ranks. And, and again, th- there's probably a couple notable transfer. Quinn Ewers at Texas um, was obviously at Ohio State. I mean, they're, they're, they're filling gaps there. But I think I have a little bit different conclusion than you is I think I like what Matt Rule's doing. Um, and, and and really when I start doing this, when we asked the first question earlier, like what position do you not want to see attrition? Like I, I went down that roster. I'm like, man, there's a lot of rooms. I don't really want to see people leave. Cause I think we're at this mix of like, we've got good guys that are playing that you don't want to see transfer. And then we got a lot of young guys. This roster is extremely young, uh, unproven and certainly there. They need to get better. There's also the element while Nebraska has definitely seen success in the transfer portal that we've also seen a lot of guys with promise, not really pan out the way we want to. Um, and so I think that the, that's, whole, and that's fair too. I, the, the I, I, I th- is, it's not guaranteed. You're not guaranteed to get guys. And I think you're also playing the NIL game, right? When you're going in the portal, you're having to pay guys. And when you start doing that, you, you're kind of upsetting the balance of your team when you're, you know, signing hot free agents, paying them more than guys have, are there. So I, I personally like your point is valid that we're you know, we're, we weren't bull eligible. Like, obviously, we need to up-level a lot of talent. But I think this coaching staff is big on development. They've got the youth. They've got some good experience at key positions. Uh, I think I think it is a wise strategy just try to fill a couple gaps, which I know we're going to highlight here of but where. J- just, just to kind of go back on what you said, but that's another reason why I think we have to play the portal game is you talk about the roster being so young. And it is. I mean, there's a... I mean, we've got way more freshmen and sophomores than we do sophomores or uh, seniors and juniors by quite a bit, I think. Uh, and so I think for that reason, it would be nice to get some rental players out of the portal, just one-year guys, and let and let some of these freshmen develop just a little bit more. That way we're not relying so much on on freshmen and sophomores. But then you, then you, but then you play the game of how many do you lose if you bring them in. And it, it's, a vicious, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, and, and you're game. right. We already have to lose some. So, but it's a vicious cycle. I mean, so over a thousand players entered the portal when it opened on Monday, and so it's like close to two thousand players in the transfer portal now. I mean, this is, I guess, when you look at the way that this game is changing, and I don't know if it's for the better or worse. I mean, I'm stuck in my way, so I think it's for the worse right now. I hate the transfer portal. But there's a lot of good, good dudes that are getting in the portal. So if you can find those good dudes with experience, I think there's an avenue where you should be, you should take advantage of it. You're not gambling, you know, on 
taking a chance on a high school kid, hoping that you can develop him, hoping he adapts to college life and to the, the speed of the game in college. You can actually go out there and find dudes that have actually done it at the college level. So I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer but you, for this. There isn't. I, there, there definitely isn't. But, but Justin, my, my, my point back is you have to get those guys, right? You talk about the guys that have the experience. You talk about the big names. You talk about the things out there. Like, there's a lot of these guys out there that are four stars, five stars, that just haven't panned out the way people thought. And, and again, those can be really good ads, too. I don't want to say that you can't, like, hey, get a second shot in other development. Tommy Hill is a great example of one of those guys who was that four-star, who really didn't do much, came in a couple years later, heading the next year probably in all of our early season top five players. Um, it Those guys work, but there's also, like, I mean, the – Matt Rule addressed NIL money on his last press conference, saying you need to spend a million and a half to two million to get a good quarterback. I, I don't think that's quarterback only. I think there's a lot of these positions at the transfer portal for these experienced good guys. You're you're blowing your wad there. And then that leads to who are you gonna lose? Like, do you wanna lose Tommy Hill, just as I brought him already, when you probably have to pay him too now? Like, the NIL money probably needs to go his way a little bit, too. And do you want to, like, not be able to pay him to be able to go get... It's just, it's tough. It's, yeah. a, it's a new game. Not, some schools have a huge advantage when it comes to being able to pay NIL money. Some schools don't. And it's... And we don't no, know where we no are. No clue. We have no idea if, if we are in the, like, top 10 or we're in the you know, 30s, 20s range. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea where we are in that standpoint. Well, according, according to On3, we're easily in the top 25. I don't know where that means, but they said easily into the top 25. Yeah, but there's a big I don't, I don't think that top means 10. top 10, but... Is that is that 20, 20th? I mean, because I, I think there's a big difference there. I think there's a big difference. There, there, there may be. I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't think we're hurting for money when it comes to the NIL. I, I wonder if the Derek, problem... We're going to find out I, here. We're going to find out here. You're, you're, you're right, but here's, here's my thing. I wonder if... Not, it's probably... I don't know. I, again, there's no right wrong way to do this, I guess, but it sounds like Nebraska is doing so well at distributing the money evenly with amongst all the players as opposed to paying big-time money to, to one player. And... I mean, it sounds great, but now we're sitting in a situation where we got to get rid of 15 guys, and they're all sitting here going, I'm not leaving. Cause, I'm getting $30,000. Uh, yeah. I'm getting paid. Yeah, I'm getting paid $30,000 to just practice, and I'm not even playing in games. Like, I mean, I, it's great. I, I, I feel, I mean, it's good for those kids, but comp- competition-wise, you wonder if it's if it's really helping. Yeah. I mean, we're going to find out how much they – and. Uh, Nebraska's NIL collective wants to spend by the quarterback that we get. And that's that's when we'll really know if, if they are there to shell out some money or if they're just going to be, you know, want to distribute it evenly. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's get into it. So the transfer portal needs by position group and why. So let's uh, rank them. Your, your top five. Tyler, you go first. 
yeah, so uh, my number one is I, what it is. I'm assuming your number ones are our, it's quarterback, and it, it may have been quarterback before Jeff Sims. It certainly is now entering next year with three quarterbacks on the roster. That uh, this was clearly among the weaknesses last year. So uh, you know it, it is a huge hole. So I got quarterback number one, number two, left tackle. I'm just gonna say tackle in general, but it's really that left tackle. We cannot go into next year with Turner Corcoran, Grant uh, Bricks, and Teddy Prosca as those those are the guys that compete for that spot. We need someone more proven to do there. I want to move Turner into guard. That's what needs to happen. You can't depend on a true freshman coming in. Uh, that's number two. Number three was also an easy one, wide receiver. Um, I, I think we need a number one wide receiver. I am not confident we have that guy on this roster. Uh, losing Billy Kemp was a, a, a loss there. He was our number one wide receiver. Um, I, again, you, you talked about guys like Lloyd and Coleman. Um, and and I, I have faith there, but I'll be honest, I almost thought about putting two wide receivers in this pool, but I have enough faith in the young guys that I'm, I'm going to say only one. Number four, uh, this is where it gets a little bit more tricky, but I'm going to go running back. Um, Derek, you kind of highlighted with Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin's health status. If I knew both of those guys were what they were heading into this year, I don't know if I would have running back, but we don't have a running back in this recruiting class. No signs of us getting one. We need another running back. And then the fifth one was the hardest um, because there's a lot of positions. I thought tight end a little bit. I'm going to have a little bit of faith that Carter Nelson is going to come in and contribute right away. Um, You know, you could point to another quarterback, um, but I'm actually going to go interior defensive line. Uh, you know, I like Nash. I like Ty Robinson, but you look at the really big guys. We don't really have another one behind them. You know, Elijah Judy is kind of that, probably that third guy heading in the next year. Uh, we have a lot of those really athletic defensive ends that can get after, uh, you know, but, but I, I think we could use a little bit more beef up front because we're one injury away there from being probably in a pretty rough spot at that run stopping positions. So I'm going to go that interior nose tackle, uh, Ty Robinson mold defensive lineman. Okay. Derek? Uh, all right. So, yes, you're right. It is quarterback. Cause it's not just the three quarterbacks coming back. And, it, and Well, I wouldn't even be coming back. You'd have two quarterbacks coming back and one incoming freshman. It's not even just that. It's the fact that how bad the quarterback play was last year. Like you got to go get a proven quarterback. Like it's a must. You and one that's not going to turn the ball over a ton. I, and look, if it's going to be like a Kyle McCord, and I, I understand this, I don't expect Kyle McCord to come in here and uh, do what he did at Ohio State. I, I understand the talent's not here like it is there. Just get me to the two to one touchdown to interception ratio instead of the one to one or worse. Uh, but a quarterback has to come. I, I, I'm not saying it has to be McCord, but it has to be somebody proven. It, it just needs to be. Uh, number two is running back for me. It, it's absolutely running back. We, I don't even know. Maybe you guys can answer this better than I have. Has Gabe Irvin played more than three or four games in his career know. yet? In, in a season? Because I don't think he has. I think I, by I think, game... I, 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 I think he's been I, hurt by game three or four every year. I, I think his two years ago, he had, he was in six games. 
that year. I think that like it was he had an injury in the middle and he came back at the end, but his carries were so low that year. Um, you know, I think there was like he had games with three carries, four carries. I mean, because that was the year that Anthony Grant just got such a lion's share of the load. Um, but yeah, no, so, I, so so yeah, so I mean, you can't trust that guy to stay healthy, and I, I don't mean to bag on the guy. I feel terrible that he's had the injuries that he's had, but you can't trust him to stay healthy. Ramir Johnson is a third down back. We've had two staffs tell us this now. Now, This isn't one staff going, he's a third down back. Everybody's telling us he's a third down back. And then you're, so you're basically relying on Emmett Johnson. Because we have no clue what we have in Quentin Knives. The staff can love him all they want, and that's great. But we have no clue who we're getting out of this kid at all. Well, they, so they, I, didn't, they didn't love him enough to play him. They, I mean, they had opportunities. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they moved a wide receiver over to running back just to, just so they wouldn't have to play him. So, yeah, I mean, I, I pardon me for not exactly throwing a lot of trust into Quentin Knives just yet. Uh, number three, I got wide receiver uh, just because of how young the talent is. I, I don't want to bring I, – I, I certainly wouldn't want to bring in two just because I'm afraid you start getting a lot of people trying to transfer out if you bring in two. Uh, bringing up one experienced guy, give me give me one experienced guy and give me Jalen Lloyd and Malachi Coleman as my starters and start getting me some depth built up with some of the younger guys. I'm fine with that. Uh, but I do think we probably need one wide receiver. Uh, one, one position you can, I think you left out, Todd, is a linebacker. I, I think we need a linebacker with, with some experience. We lost Nick Henrich. We lost Luke Reimer and John Bullock. John Bullock, Scott? Uh, I I thought I read today they oh, said he was I, gone. If, but so he's retired then, huh? Well, I thought he was out of eligibility. I I, I thought he was out of eligibility also. I know he walked. I think okay. he walked on senior day. All right. Either way, there's a there's a good possibility you're not going to have John Bullock. So there's probably your top so three on the, linebackers. On three for what it's worth, not coming back. The, I mean, he was listed as a junior on the on three scholarship distribution chart this year. For what that's worth. Okay. And maybe, I mean, maybe he's just done with football. You still lost maybe your top. You still lost your top two, yeah, no matter. Okay. And maybe I don't know. I, I was, as a matter of fact, I was reading the RSS chat today, and I, th- I thought I read something about him being gone. Uh, but whether he's gone or not, we still, either way, regardless, we lost at least our top two linebackers. And I, I have faith in a few of the others. Uh, Bayer's a good linebacker. I think he'll be a stud in, in time. Um, Javen Wright came out strong towards the end of the season. Uh, but Chief Borders wasn't what we thought he was going to be. And maybe he could get better. I'm not going to just shit on the guy because he could get better. But I, I think we could use a linebacker. Uh, and then number five, I went with O-line. Just any offensive lineman. I, I, I'm okay. If you, if you give me... Here, okay, here's my thing. If, if Ben Hart and Ben Scott come back and then Corcoran moves to the inside and Prohaska's on the outside and then get me maybe a Lotovsky, like you're sitting at two four-stars, one of the top offensive line transfers one year, and then two high three-star guys, it's time to develop these guys. Now, I understand depth is still kind of an issue, but you went after depth last year. That was Jacob Hood, uh, Tyler Knack. It's time to start developing these guys. And if the, it, I, here's, what, here's my thing. If, if 
if Rayola can't start developing these guys, it's time to say goodbye to him because he's had three years with these, yeah. with most of these guys now. Or we'll, we'll, he's going on three years with most of these guys. So if he can't make these guys into what they were recruited as, I mean, remember Corcoran was a top all-time recruit, like number eight top all-time recruit at Nebraska. And he's turned out to be nothing right now. And maybe he's more suited to be interior. That's fine. I can probably almost agree with it. But if we can't start developing them to do it, then it's time to find a different coach. All right. So uh, mine is similar to both of yours, actually. Well, I'm closer to Tyler. But number one is quarterback. We all know this. Anybody that's watched Nebraska this year knows that we need a quarterback. Lost too many games because of that quarterback position. Number two, wide receiver. You guys said it. We just need an experienced guy. We need an alpha out there at wide receiver. Some of these guys are just too young to take up that role right now. Get an an experienced guy that could be the alpha out there. Number three for me is uh, tackle. We we just need to tackle. Guys, you know, Turner Corcoran, he shit the bed last year at tackle. Prohaska, he did quite well filling in for him. Uh... Kind of surprised, but he's, I mean, he's. I think quite well is high. I think that's high. I think there was plenty of games you you would look and say he was the worst Prosca? lineman out there. And, and again, so yeah, I, okay. I think that. When I say again, quite well, better, is he, there, was, there wasn't a drop-off from Corcoran to Prohaska. There was not. No, so, no, there was not a drop-off. All right. right. You guys are crazy. Prohaska was, I, to me, clearly better than I mean, I than think that he was better than. I mean, he he wasn't he wasn't all American type. He was better than Corcoran. Either, yes, he was better than Corcoran. I mean, he he I, was better than Corcoran. I, again, I I think those were. I, I mean, what? Well, I'm not going to argue. I mean, I think they're, they're close. But point is that we that need left, a left tackle, tackle was weak. And the thing with and, and and let's just point out this too. The thing with Teddy is injuries, right? We haven't seen him make it through right. a year healthy. So. Even if you guys want to try to get on board and say, "Yeah, I've got faith that he, you know, he's a good recruit." That's fair, but the health of him, you have to have someone else there. That that part is fair. Uh, number four for me is cornerback. I think uh, we need to get another cornerback in to replace Quentin Newsom. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, my guy out there, uh, Malcolm Hartsog. You know, Derek, you kind of talked about this. Uh, was it last week or a couple weeks ago? Uh, he kind of struggled. He struggles at times out there. He was he did not have a great year. He had an okay year, not a great year. He 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 had a bit of a sophomore could, slump. I, I, I still have faith. I mean, him. I do I too. But I think he, if there's a, if there's a top notch corner out there, and you got two thousand guys in the uh, portal right now, if you can find a good corner, uh, take it. Tommy Hill, he's a stud. You just need to find somebody on the opposite side of Tommy Hill. And uh, if it's Malcolm Hartsog, it is. But I, I still think you should just go out there and try to find one. And then uh, coming at number five, I'm with you guys on running back. I did kind of go back and forth whether or not this should be a tight end or a running back. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the running back for this for the fifth spot. I did throw in an honorable mention just to be an ass here. And I threw in kicker. I think... <laughs> Is it kicker or punter? Bushini's back. I mean, look, Bushini, it's fine. Bushini is not a Caleb Lightborn, but kicker, come on. We, we need a guy that, we need a consistent guy. If, 
See, I if I was gonna go specialist, I'd go punter. Really, you'd go punter, and not just because. Well, I think you have Alvana, right? You have Alvana for three more years, and Bushini, you got one more year with him after this. So if either he's the guy, and now you're in a position that next year you're gonna go look for a rental, or he struggles like he did this year, and you need an upgrade immediately, like I. I don't, but yeah. So I mean, Sam Cox's son is coming yeah, yeah. in, right? So we're, we're oh, that's good right. There. Shit, I've, I yeah. I said punter in my recruits. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I I I take back kicker. my stance. Uh, Kicker's right. honorable mention. I don't think we, I I think Alvana. I no, I don't think Alvana. I think you got to roll one more year with Alvana before you look at backfilling right. him. Uh, guys, are there any transfer, uh, like players by name? Any transfer rumors that you are hearing, Tyler? I mean, I think we've got to start with that quarterback room. I mean, we all said it was our number one. And, you know, if, if you believe the, the flight trackers, our coaches have been busy. There's been five names supposedly we have visited with in some capacity since this has happened. And and I'll try to do this in chronological order, not necessarily in my preference of who we have visited. But it sounds like we talked to Will Howard out of KSU. Obviously had a lot of success there after he backfilled for Adrian Martinez. Uh, then we went to talk to Sam Levitt in Michigan State, who is an actually interesting guy. I know no one wants him to be our number one, but in the scenario, which isn't far-fetched that we bring in two, not a bad guy to get. Uh, oh, Blake Sharp. I, I, okay, I know where you're coming from on this, because I've kind of been hammering Sam Levitt. If you're talking number two guy, I love him. Lo- bring him in. If yes. you can get him as a second quarterback, I love it. If, don't if, bring if, him in. Don't bring him in as our go-to guy right away. Yeah, because I mean, I think that's all a, I ask. If you're going to bring in two quarterbacks, he's great. Because I think Sam Levitt is, you know, I, I mean, it, whether he, I think he's got starting, a lot of potential. He could win the starting job next year, but also maybe he doesn't. Maybe we're rocking Chubba Purdy or Harburg out there. I mean, it, it would be a competition through and through. Number three, Blake Sharpen, Sharpen, Shapen, Shapen, Shapen. Out of Baylor, uh, number four, Kyle McCord. I know, Derek, you mentioned him uh, from Ohio State. And lastly, the latest trip is to the the highest prospect of them all is Cam Ward out of Washington yeah. State. So lots of names in the portal. Uh, you, is he? <laughs> well, here's what I don't, I don't know. know. Here's what I don't know. What are these coaches telling these players? Like, it, it's like... They're booking the flight to go see the next quarterback they're, when they're in the speed room. Speed dating. That's what it is. They're they are speed dating. What? Well, they're not booking any flights. Remember, they got their the private own jet. private Learjet well, I mean, now. So I, yeah, I mean, I sure, but I mean, it's literally I, going I know from one spot to the next, and it's let, what are they? Just, are they offering scholarships? Let me just tell you saying, this. I don't know. Oh, what the you hell know they are. They're offering every one of them. They're saying, "Hey, just come play." For what us. if all five accept tomorrow? Like you're gonna have, like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a. Then great you're gonna have to make a decision. To be it's, it's it is it, a great it, problem it, to have. It, it, let me, let me, let me like just say this though. So. It kind of feels like every stop they go to, they're like, "Ooh, there's another thing." A squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Like, let's go visit this guy. And I don't know. And, and, it, and it's funny back. because. It's funny because the coaches all seem so happy to talk to all these guys. Sure. And, and, and I'm ecstatic about any of them. Like, you bring any of these guys in. You want to bring in Kyle McCord? I'm fine with it. Absolutely fine with it. We probably win eight, nine games last year with Kyle McCord. You bring in Cam Ward? Shit, we probably win ten games with him. Nine, nine ten games with him. I don't know. You bring in Will Howard? We're, we're, 
I mean, we're winning more games than what we did this year, no matter what. E- even Sam Levitt, we probably win a game or two more than we did this year. But here's the funny thing. is You, you guys look at message boards like I do. You guys read the Twitter sphere, and all you see is everybody we're talking to, somebody's bitching about them. There was a guy on the R- in the RSS chat today uh, just absolutely tearing Kyle oh, yeah. McCord apart. Like, this this guy's trash. You don't want this guy. He's trash. Like, really? He had 24 touchdowns and six interceptions. Well, yeah, but he's not going to do that here. Well, of course not. But can he get me to 20 to 10? Can I mean, I, I'd be pretty happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be pretty happy with that. Like and and then and then uh, Cam Ward. I hear we're going to see Cam Ward, and everybody's bitching about. Oh my God, he fumbles the ball all the time. He's not going to be any better than the last guys we had. <laughs> it's just like Nebraska fans will never ever be happy with no matter who we pick. They're going to find a way to pick somebody apart. But what's interesting about the quarterbacks we went we're going to is a lot of them are not what we had last year. They're they're not the runners. I mean, no, with the but that's also Will Howard, like he's the only guy you sit there and say, yeah, that kind of looks like what Nebraska's had at quarterback. Like, obviously a but, much better version, but. It, but you look at what we've recruited in Daniel Kalin, who they're looking for in Alex Mansky next year. Those guys aren't really runners either. No. So it doesn't appear that they're really wanting to do that. I think the whole running quarterback was more of a fix for this year. Well, I, I agree. It's probably not their long-term solution, but we're not going to get there overnight either. I mean, I think next year, I think with the offensive line, I don't see the offensive line getting like drastically better than this year. It'll get it'll it'll continue to improve, but that running back the running back situation. If it doesn't drastic, if it doesn't get drastically better, drastically improve. Wide receivers. Wide receivers. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's, even it's a work in progress. I, I I get it as a work in progress, but with Donovan with uh, Donovan Rayola now having three years with all of these guys, if it doesn't drastically get better at this point, we have to move on from him. I mean, I, I don't. And, want I'm, to play. I, and I'm not hating on on Rayola because I think he's. You are. You're, I, you're a li- no, I'm not because I do think the offensive line got better this year. I just think it needs to get a lot better next year. It. it, it because you've had three years with these guys. Sure. These aren't, certainly needs these to aren't slubs. These aren't walk-on guys. These are four-star guys or close to yeah. four-star guys. I mean, th- th- we, we, yeah, I don't want to debate coaching job security right now. I don't know if that's where we're at. But no, I, I, I know. All, I, get, all I co- get it. But All the coaches right now I, out in the offensive ed have a little bit of a warm seat, and it's various degrees of how warm that seat is. But with that said, you're right. The offensive line does need to take another step forward. I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I, I think to Justin, where I would say though, is where I differ in the opinion to me, it's not the offensive line is the biggest concern with going away from a mobile quarterback. It's do you have the weapon? It's all of it, Tyler. I, I think that's, it. it is all of it, but I mean, you don't have the bell cow running yeah. back that we think we're going to be able to give the ball through 30 times again. I mean, we led the, you know, I don't want to say we didn't let. We led the Big Ten. We're in the top six in the country in how often we ran the ball. And we all talked because a lot of that was quarterback. It wasn't running back driven. It, it, it's a hard. It, I don't need to be as high a run. I'm not the run the ball guy. We don't need to run the ball as much as we did this year. But, you know, we, we obviously still want to run more than we pass. And we don't. I don't think we have the running backs to do that. 
this is going to be, I mean, the biggest story of the offseason is what happens at quarterback. And, I mean, there's a I, lot I, of things I just on want to say this, side this side. though. I just want to say this, though. If you get me a quarterback who can th- be a threat in the passing game, the running game will open up some. And yeah. these running backs will be able to run better. Because right now, this year, like we ran the ball really well for the first four or five games. Four games. Maybe we didn't run well against Michigan. Uh, but for the first four games, well, we ran the ball this, really that well. That competition. And then you know what everybody did? there. Oh, you you could talk about that. That's fair, but you you know what every Big Ten team did? They stacked the box and said, "You know what, Henrik Harburg ain't gonna throw the ball on us. We're not scared of him, so we're gonna shut down your run. We're gonna stack the box and we're gonna put a spy on your quarterback and make sure he's not running the ball. And go ahead and throw it. You might beat us on a play. You might get us here or there, but you're probably not gonna win a lot of games having to throw the ball." But if you get me that threat of throwing the ball, you have to back off some. Like you can't keep stacking the box like hey, that. I want to get this in here real quick before we move on from this because this quarterback this this could be an entire episode by itself. But Tyler, these coaches are going to see all these quarterbacks. These quarterbacks they're highly sought after. There's a lot of coaches seeing them, so this is like a it's a two way interview. These these quarterbacks are interviewing this staff just like the staff is interviewing these quarterbacks. So Satterfield, as he's sitting in this living room talking to whatever quarterback, I mean, that quarterback has to look at him as like, yeah, I want to come play with, I, I want to leave my school and come to your school and, you know, I want to be your student. That's, uh, does that worry you? Does that worry you? It's tough. I mean, I... I think he had some success with Spencer Rattler. I think that quarterbacks, the quarterbacks we're talking about for the most part are not guys that you're like, man, I need you to coach me up, coach. I mean, I think Cam Ward, he probably feels pretty confident where he's at and he could go play for anyone. I think it's more selling the vision of the what the offense will look like, what will be there. But it's also, isn't this like, I mean, I, I don't want to even say which name, but doesn't it feel like a couple of these guys? It's just about what the oh, paycheck yeah. looks like. Yeah. So, uh, just just to, before we move on, too, I, w- I want to bring up just a couple names that I don't know if Nebraska's even really going after, but just some interesting names in the portal, like uh, Antoine Juice Wells. South who Carolina. Was a, uh, who was a big wide receiver in South Carolina. Matter of fact, uh, under Satterfield's offense, he led the team in receptions and yardage. Uh, he's transferring, and I—it's a pipe dream, probably. But maybe that's a wide receiver you could go after. Uh, I mean, Satterfield clearly knows him, so he's got a relationship with him. So it would be—I I believe he'll be a senior this year. So he'd be a—he'd be a one-year rental. I'm okay but with that. I, I would definitely take him. He 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 he, I, he only played like three games this year and had three in, uh, three catches. I assume he was injured. Not sure exactly what happened with him. I don't watch Gamecock football like I used to. Uh, but again, I, he would be. I think he would be a good get. And, and and just one more name that again I don't know if we're after him, but Prince Will Emanuel, uh, Uman Milan's brother. 
from Florida has entered the has entered the portal. And so you think Nebraska could possibly have that leg up with having his brother got playing him here, front runner, right? Plan for and Tony who, White, and and who would? But, oh okay. yeah, and and who wouldn't want two Uman Milans playing for him? Like, no announcer in the Big Ten. But this is the question because. <laughs> <laughs> but but guys, we all talked about this. None of us was really looking at pass rusher. So you know you know what you're at this scholarship thing, and this no, is the but, whole. But I'll say I'll say this: There's always two positions, and if you can get them, you take them. And it's offensive line and pass rushers. If you can get them out of the portal, you always take them. Yeah, you make room for them. I'll rapid fire a few more names at y'all, and and, and I'll kind of start there. A name that we actually offered. um, It sounds like today transfer portal from Indiana, Donovan McCauley, wide receiver, former four star. Uh, another South Carolina wide receiver in the transfer portal, uh, Malik Brown, someone to keep an eye on, and, and talk about wide receivers from Purdue, uh, Deion Brooks, um, and another wide receiver, Julian Fleming from oh, Ohio yeah. State. Uh, it's a Big Ten guys there. Um, and I, I, I did hear that we offered him. But. Yep. And and then just one last name, because we haven't really mentioned offensive line. We all said we need one. A guy to keep an eye on from North Dakota, Easton Kitty. Uh, right now, he was he was a uh, upper three star. Played a lot of games for them, all conference. North Dakota. I feel like North Dakota kind of feels like Nebraska, so maybe he's a guy we can go after and get in the portal. He's got the type um, of name that can get a heard huge any. NIL deal. Oh my gosh! Yes, he could. So yeah, uh, some good names out there. Uh, anything else, Derek? No, I just it, it's gonna be fun, guys. Especially with the limited roster size, they're going to, have to be very picky with this portal selection. So it's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be real fun to keep an eye on. I uh, have been watching it pretty closely at my computer at work, which I'm not Don't supposed tell. to do. But Don't tell. Hopefully, my boss. Hopefully, my boss ain't listening to this right now. You, this is a joke. We, he's not really doing it. It's, 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 it's hypothetical. <laughs> the, the office that he's, he's talking about, looking at the stuff, is in the bathroom stall. <laughs> and that's a certified break right there yeah so i don't i don't know if you guys want to get into this too deep but uh what's your uh how are you feeling about the staff's ability to pull players out of the portal based off of last year derek any thoughts all right You, you know it's it's really an impossible read uh I, you could point to guys like Jeff Sims and go, oh, my God, this is just atrocious. He, he was a bust. I he mean, was bust. It was, that was a bad take. Eric he was Gilbert definitely a bust. Busted. Um, yeah, uh, Eric Gilbert, he's, he's one I forgot, I forgot to even write down. But, yeah, he was a complete bust. You've had some others that were mediocre, like Chief Borders did okay. Elijah Judy kind of came out a little stronger towards the end of the season. MJ Sherman. Played a lot, but didn't do as much as I think we thought he would do. Uh, but then you had uh, Marker Ortiz, who did really well. Uh, Ted Scott. Josh Fleek. Josh Fleeks, I think, did. I think he exceeded my expectations. Yeah. I didn't really expect him to play <laughs> much at all. Especially considering he period. was sent home before the season started for being too fat. 
Yeah. I mean, then you had Ben Scott who came in and did, did a wonderful job. Uh, played the second most snaps of any offensive player outside of Ben Hart. Uh, Barrett Liebentritt came in and did okay in his limited snaps. He battled injury, so he didn't play a lot. But he was our highest-graded offensive player, PFF-wise. Uh, so, I mean, there, there were some names that came in and did okay or did fine. Uh, Billy Kemp's what I want to kind of talk about. Uh, so the guy had 35 receptions, 310 yards, and one touchdown on 342 snaps. If we can get a wide receiver in here, can he please have more yardage and snaps? <laughs> well, I mean, that would be nice. That would be nice. I mean, to be fair to Billy Kemp, a little bit of him was product of the offense. A little bit of it was injury. Was injury. I get it. I get it. And, and I also think... But those 342 snaps were offensively. They weren't sure. the punt returns where he came in and fair I mean, caught. I, I will say this. I mean, I think we all had different stances on Billy Kemp. I mean, I think Billy Kemp was about... I, I definitely thought he was going to be better than what he was. And he was about what I expected of him. So I think that... You kind of got my, you know, my wife, poor Billy Kemp. Every time Billy Kemp was on the field, she just was like, he's so tiny. He's so tiny. And and he was. I mean, I don't know what they listed him at, but they definitely had lifts in the shoes on the day they, I mean, he is like 5'5". I mean, he is not a big man. I mean, he he was good. He was good. We're going to miss him. Just a couple other names to throw out there, though, that this is the reason why I don't think you can judge it too much, too, is... You have guys like Tyler Knack and, and Jacob Hood who they brought in knowing they were going to be a so, little bit of a project. They knew these guys weren't going to be starters day one. They needed to Can, can I use that bit. to complain about the the strategy? I guess maybe we could have gotten to that strategy. Because, you know... I mean, sure. Uh, Corey Collier, Jacob Hood, Tyler Knack, those guys were brought in as transfers, but should they have been? I mean, I think if... If you're gonna bring in a transfer, you should. Bring, I, I think Jacob Hood was like a fi- was a high four star guy. Yeah, I, mean, I I still think that if you're going to manage a roster the way that what Matt Rule wants to do, if you're gonna reach into the transfer portal, it should be a guy that can make an immediate impact. And maybe that's what he should do so, for from here on out. Maybe last year he was just trying to get some talent in here to build it, but from here on out. When you go to the transfer portal, I'm speaking for what Matt Rule should do, is bring in a guy that can make an immediate impact, not to sit on the bench. I, I, I don't like that. The way that he's recruiting, the way that he's building his roster out of the high school ranks is perfectly fine. He's doing what he needs to do. I don't, I don't think it's necessary to hit the transfer portal to throw those guys in the developmental league. I, I, I don't like it. So, just... Just uh, just kind of a, a, a snowball question here for you guys to kind of throw you off guard. Is the whole JUCO recruiting process pretty much dead at Nebraska? I think it's at this dead point? in all Power Five. Like I don't. Is it? I mean, I I don't see any. I well, I I don't pay enough attention to recruiting, but like Nebraska, I don't know. There was a couple of wide receivers at one point that I they think were it's unnecessary to recruit. Now. 
But yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of. I mean, we got Kai Wallen last year from from JUCO, but so yeah. I mean, I, I would say to your point, Derek. I I mean, to answer the JUCO question, I mean, it, to just to think, I, there's probably an element where why bother? Like, is it? I mean, you could probably say like, if you're gonna go JUCO route, go FCS route, right? Like, I mean, you could bring in a guy, same type. Hey, I want to get to the big leagues. But I you could have get- said that for a lot of years and. But they they still have to sit out in FCS. They don't have to sit out anymore. I didn't think they had to sit out. I were... thought they had to sit out until the transfer portal. Um, yeah, I, I, I could be wrong. I, but I thought it, it, I thought if they were jumping up a division, they didn't have to. But maybe it, regardless, the, the the coaching staff does not seem to prioritize JUCOs. But I do want to go back to what Justin said about the the whole like should you bring in transfers that can't contribute year one, and I think it really just depends on where the room is. So. I'll go back to the position we all know that's among the biggest at needs is quarterback. Okay. Right now, I don't think that we need to bring in two quarterbacks. But if you tell me, hey, I could bring in a guy. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure Kalen's the guy. I, You know, Purdy and Harburg are getting up there in the years. They don't have a lot of years ahead of them. Like, is it a terrible idea if you could get a, hey, I can get a four-star guy who bailed after one year out of school? and get a chance to build him or if running back, I mean, running back's also a position. We all think we need an immediate contributor, but like, let's just say Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson. You have a lot of faith in if you're the coaching staff. I mean, you look at that room, you whiffed in the high school rankings. Hey, maybe get that freshman sophomore. I don't hate the strategy of building long-term. And I think that's how I kind of would evaluate this. latest transfer portal is I would say slightly disappointing, um, but because there's so much we don't know yet, we don't know what MJ Sherman's going to be next year. We don't know what Corey, Corey Collier will be next year. Like these are guys that could be big parts. Tommy Hill is a great example. Like, yeah, last year he played right away. Wasn't impressive. Now going into next year, our best corner on the roster. I think a two year that- play is okay at transfers. That's fair, but to- Tommy Hill was a was a frost transfer. Yeah, fair, fair. I mean, it's not that. What you're right. That wasn't. I just so, think so, I mean, the so long term. I, I, I kind of want to go back to the JUCO you don't thing. Have to. I, I guess where I'm going with this, you don't just have to do the one year rental. I think a transfer can make sense if it's a three year play. I'm not saying one year rental, it, Tyler. That, I'm if, not saying one you, year rental. What I'm saying is immediate impact. Okay, fine. Uh, you could bring in a guy who's not immediate impact as a two, three year play where it makes sense. I, I, I think if it's just the same as high school recruiting, it is, Hey, we have a debt. We, we need to look long-term two, three years in the future. That's okay to do. The problem is right now with, with this coaching staff, you, I think because of how many transfers they brought in last year and how big of a high school recruiting class they brought in last year and how big of a high school recruiting class they're bringing in this year, you're kind of in this situation of like, well, fuck, what the hell do we do now? Like, there's no gaps in this roster of, like, where? how do you bring in more guys to build? Like, I mean, they, I think they mismanaged this roster. I mean, blatantly, I think they have mismanaged it because they brought in too many transfers last year. and Or high school recruits. Pick pick whichever one you want. They brought in both. too much talent last year. But I, I kind of want to go back to the, the, the junior college transfer thing, or the junior college thing. Because the, the the one guy I've seen that Nebraska's been really after was or sounded like we were really after now I'm not sure what's going on 
was, uh, and I'm, I'm going to forget his name, but he was a five-star wide receiver out of Texas A&M who got in a little bit of legal oh, yeah. trouble and had to go the JUCO yeah. route because he, cl- he cleared his name, I don't, whatever. Uh, but that's why you go JUCO route because you have a kid like that who was a five-star athlete that had to go JUCO route because of something that happened, whatever. It may, it may have been grades. It may have been... And if, and if you could sure that up and, and fix those things, then absolutely, you still go for the JUCOs. Sure. And I and there for a while, it sounded like we were after that. Justin, do you happen to remember his name? I, I know the story yeah. brought... It rung your bell right away, I, but I, I don't know if you remembered his, his name. name or not. Well, once I hear the name, I'll be like, son of a bitch. Okay, well... But, 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 Derek, I, didn't, I, well, think, I didn't, wasn't really I think, looking yeah, up, but the, all of those uh, moves made sense before the transfer portal started. Now, I don't think coaches, coaching staffs need to like uh, take on as much risk with those. Re- so, so it's basically well, you not, fuck not, up not once not you're done, done. But I mean, I think uh, coaches can be a little bit more selective now because there's so many bodies in the transfer portal. Well, can, I, I get I get it, but I can, mean, a guy like that's probably going to be a stud athlete. Yeah. It's so, just, can you keep him out of trouble? Somebody so, will, so the, I guess. The, the, the thing with this thing with the JUCOs, if, if I was to back up maybe what Derek's getting at, one of the advantages of Nebraska and the JUCO element is our academics. Like, we're not Michigan. Oh, we're a you, joke. We're, not, we're a joke when it comes to academics. We're, we're not Northwestern. Like so, by far, you you can go for a little bit more of a gamble in a couple of these guys, and maybe you're not competing in the same pool as some of these other big leaguers. Like you might have an advantage to be able to bring some of these guys on. I, I guess to that point, it's just the right guy. Like Levante David, arguably our best defender since Adamakatsu, not even arguably, I think undoubtedly was a JUCO guy. Um, you know, we we have had success at JUCO in our history. Randy Gregory, I. Yeah. I would argue Andrew Gregory was a bet, was as good of a defender. He was a JUCO guy too. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I think there there's obviously could be value there. It, it doesn't seem like the coaches are prioritizing that right now. But right now it's it's tough to say because this roster is in a really weird state right now. A lot of yeah. young guys. And so. We're, I mean, this roster. I mean, there, there's going to be more guys that Matt Rule recruited and, and, and than Scott I'll, Frost. And I'll say this: I'll, I'll say this as far as what Justin was saying about you need to do the transfer portal for the now. Right now, you're you're absolutely right. Like you can't go after any more projects. Because, it's yeah, got to be because of guys that can come in and help you right now. Now, now, if the when the roster changes and we start getting older, maybe some of the younger guys. At that point, you think you've recruited well enough and gotten enough experience that maybe you don't need to worry about the portal as much. But if if that situation comes, you could find a guy that you could say, I, "Okay, well, let's bring him in for the project." But right now, we're so with being so over limit, you have to continue to go. Okay, we got to be very you limited. Be, you have to be selective. To bring only guys selective. that are going to be immediate impact. Yeah, be selective. I want to I want to leave you with this. You know, you, when we used to hire new coaches, we've unfortunately went through this quite a bit over the last twenty years. You know, we always said, you know, you got to give them a chance to get their own guys. Well, Matt Rule heading into the next year is going to have more players on this roster two to one than Scott Frost. Like 
He's going to be going into next year with his guys. I mean, I, my rough math is basically two-thirds of this roster is going to be guys that Matt Rule has recruited, which is insane for a year-two yeah. scenario. But that, but that's today's football. Right? And that's is what the, And that is what the portal does to you. Uh, Coach Prime had a complete roster okay, well, that, turnover in one season, like let, one off season. Let's not compare Coach Prime to. Okay, I, I understand it's. A, I understand it's an extreme, but what I'm telling you is, with the portal, you can you can do it. You can you can that. overhaul in one season. You can, and, and and there are teams that have done it. Look at uh, Michigan State, for example. Uh, Mel Tucker turned that over really fast with the portal. Well, it seems um, like they're doing it again right now. Because every quarter, well, they're trying to do it again. <laughs> and they're not in a good spot. Uh, speak. I just want to tell you guys this. So, uh, I read a little bit on uh, Sam Levitt, and the reason he entered the portal was because he was from Oregon originally, and Jonathan Jonathan Smith did not recruit him or his brother, who is playing for the Denver Broncos right now. And he didn't recruit either one of them. So when they hired Jonathan Smith, he immediately <laughs> ran to the portal and said, yeah. I'm not playing for this guy. Hopefully hopefully finds a good home. And Jonathan Smith apparently took all of his Oregon State stuff to goodwill. Wow. What a dick. <laughs> That's a dick move. So are we going to hit the last question or are we uh, wrapping up here? About why the transfer portal take, is the way take it, it is. Off your thoughts, and we'll get out of here. I, yeah. So I, I think our last point was going to be just obviously a lot of going on transfer. Justin kind of hit over almost two thousand kids are in the transfer portal today. It might be three thousand <laughs> by the time anyone listens right. to this. I mean, like it, it is absolutely crazy. Um, you know, the, there's uh, the NCAA president came out this week is said, Hey, we might actually start looking at formally paying players. Guys, the the money in this whole circumstance is driving 95% of this. I I know we've, there, there's probably guys that are bitter about playing time. There's probably guys that are that this, but the more I've thought about this question about why everyone's transferring, because I think they know they can get a better bag somewhere else or, the schools did not live up to their promises. And I I really think that second one is probably coming up a little bit. Because I, I think these NIL collectives are sitting there saying, hey, come here, we'll pay you this. And I haven't seen the NIL contract. I would love to. If anyone who's listening to this podcast knows an NIL expert, I would love to get them on to interview them. It's the most requested thing I've gotten is to get an expert on. But it is... I, I think these contracts are written in pencil, not ink, and I think these kids are getting fucked over there, or they think they can get a big bag somewhere else by going in the portal. And obviously, the big names at quarterback, I mean, are largely hitting that portal because they know, hey, I can make life-changing money, million and a half dollars, going to one of these big schools. Yeah. I don't. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit further to you on, on, on that point. Uh, so here's the thing. It, I think it depends on where their level is. Like if they think they're a number one draft pick, they're probably going to go to the NFL, fine and dandy. 
But if you're like a Dylan Gabriel, who's probably a fourth or fifth round guy, uh, dude, why would you want to leave for the NFL and make Brock Purdy money, who's making $900,000 this year as a rookie quarterback? I mean, he's not he's a, in his second year of his rookie quarterback, I believe. Uh, but he's still in his rookie contract, making $900,000. And I can make four, five million, six million for a top quarterback in college. Paid six. I don't know, maybe people are getting paid six million dollars. I, but Dylan Gabriel's a I mean, great uh, example. Like, I in, mean, in theory, I, that's what he, that's what Rayola was getting paid, wasn't? Didn't he? I, wasn't I, that the rumor of him was getting five million? Again, and we don't know. A, he was a kid coming out straight out of high school. We don't know what actually happened. But I think Dylan Gabriel's a great example because obviously he's a guy that Nebraska. But but even there, even if uh, Matt Rule came out and straight up said it, it's a million million and a half two million dollars for a good quarterback. But so but, either but, way, you're making more money than what a Brock Purdy is making. Sure, but but I think but I want to go back to Dylan Gabriel because I think Dylan Gabriel's interesting because like this is a kid who's playing for a big brand, had a lot of success. Like Cam Ward, you could argue like as good as he was, that Washington State team sucked. That Washington State team, you know what? They're playing in the Pac-2 next year. Oklahoma's in the SEC next year. They're, they're, they're as big a spot as they are. They're having success. He has the talent. And he says, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check free agency out. I'm going to see what happens over the next month. And it, it's just, it's insane. Because he wants to come play in the Big Ten. He's going to Oregon, baby. Derek, I got a question. Would Brock Purdy, would he have commanded $900,000 in NIL if he was in college? When he was in college. When he was in college. I, I think he, so. Would he have commanded 900000 I think so. I don't know if he would have. Well, at Iowa State? Oh, man. He was he was the talk of the town. Yeah, but if you would have went to free agency, like, how would you have felt? I mean, I put a crystal ball back on three years ago and said, Brock Purdy is mm. in the transfer portal. How excited are you to get Brock Purdy? And I mean... Probably relative. I mean, I, I I remember a lot of people talking a lot about Brock Purdy when he was playing for Iowa State. Could, I mean, he was good. He was good enough to get drafted. He was Mister Irrelevant. But I mean, and I he, didn't know that was a thing. Did you guys know that was a thing? Yes, they have jerseys. Mister Irrelevant. Really, I don't remember yeah. that ever. Everyone is. Oh. But you know the the the. Last I don't watch thing that. I, I don't watch that far into the draft ever. So so. The, the last thing I will say on the Brock Purdy thing is just an observation I had is I was watching a game. But it's not just Brock Purdy. I got, I bring up Brock Purdy because I know what he's making. Yeah. But no, anybody, anybody getting picked up in the seventh round or sixth round or fifth round, they're probably making close to that kind of money. No, you're right, Derek. I mean, the money's not there, but this is not related to money. This is completely off topic. But watching the Niners, I sat there and I said, holy crap, there's a Purdy-McCaffrey backfield. And I just think as I saw... Uh, Luke McCaffrey at uh, Rice this year having a pretty good success. I'm like, that could have been us. We could have had a Purdy McCaffrey backfield in Lincoln. And damn it, he, he he wanted to hold out for quarterback. We could have had that success. Would, would Luke McCaffrey have fought for the starting job this year if he was still here? I mean... At quarter, I mean, he, at wide receiver, yeah, certainly no, quarterback. Well, he might have had a case at quarterback. He wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> Let's be real. 
I mean, yeah, but he wasn't going to stay at quarterback. I mean, he wasn't he he wasn't willing to move to wide receiver here. He wanted to stay at quarterback. I mean, it is as bad as our. I mean, going back to Luke McCaffrey at quarterback at Lincoln, he was really bad in that one start against Illinois. But we had such a limited sample of him at quarterback that it's hard to tell like what could have happened, what you know, all that. But that one start, like, I don't know if it was as bad as I saw at quarterback this year. All right, lots of conversations to have. It's going to be a long off season. Great conversations to come, but we got to get out of here tonight. So special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for, look for our episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.